0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football.
0: Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Gramlich and McLean. So excited to have you guys here today. Shout out to all our listeners on SiriusXM, channel 371, and the OGs over on Apple Podcasts. Super excited to have all you guys. And hello, YouTube. Great to see you. Great to be in person. KG, before we get started, I have to give you guys a little bit of a recap uh, of my weekend. So I had a a big wedding in Lexington, Kentucky, traveling across the mountains, traveling across all kinds of crazy terrain, and uh, have to give some love to my friends over at Yeti Coolers, who, ironically, the cooler part, we might have to drop that for this part of the story. Uh, KG, they sent us a bunch of stuff. Luggage Yeti is in the luggage business, and so it was oh, yeah. super durable, super stylish, and uh, really just got the job done. I, I did not know uh, that Yeti had luggage, and so super excited to, to be able to use that product. It was excellent. I had a book bag and a carry on. The design, the the protection that I felt, it was really durable material. I was throwing that thing around in my tailgate, and everything was just fine. KG, so really appreciate Yeti hooking us up, uh, getting me into the wild. In a stylish, stylish way.
1: I loved how you said that you were navigating very difficult terrain to, you know, take the interstate up to nice paved
0: interstate through the mountains. It was great.
1: Whatever makes you feel like the mountain man that you want to be, Eric MacLean, that works. Thank
0: you. Yeti Yeti did that. They did (laughs)
1: that for me. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Well, we're getting back into our summer guest series. Well, we never left. This is just another episode here. And this is releasing first on Apple Podcasts on Memorial Day. So happy Memorial Day to everyone out there. As we continue our summer guest series, it is time to talk with Mac, a woman. We've had a few men on and they've been great, but we're very excited to talk with ESPN reporter and analyst Katie George. Katie joined the ACC Network at its launch in 2019 and has served as a football sideline reporter for ACCN, ESPN, and ABC broadcast. Prior to joining ESPN, she worked at WDRB in Louisville as the station's sports reporter and anchor. Also before ESPN, and we talk about this, she was the Milwaukee Bucks team sideline reporter for the 2018-2019 season.
0: She, she's just an absolute legend in the sports media field, what she's done. But also as a player, KG, 2015, we discussed this as well, the player of the year in Big the time. ACC. She was electric. I mean, she was a heck of a player. She also helped Louisville uh, collect a conference championship in three different leagues. How crazy is that? Uh, was a three-time first-team uh, conference selection there uh, in the American and the ACC twice in 2014 and 15. Also, she was crowned in 2015 Miss Kentucky USA, went on to finish in the top 11 of the Miss USA pageant. So, you know, beauty and brain. She's got (laughs) it all. She makes it happen. Uh, So really excited to talk with another KG. This is going to be a little confusing, but let's get to the interview. Katie George making her debut. Welcome into the podcast. So great to have you this morning.
2: Uh thanks for having me guys. I'm I'm happy that I finally get to be on.
0: It, it's been it's been way too long. Very much overdue. We're excited to have you and you've been very busy. You've been in Miami driving race cars with F1, uh the ACC softball championship. H- how crazy has all this stuff been in in a time where you're kind of in your off season, you're just getting going.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I was um I was kind of antsy during basketball season um, because I didn't get to do a whole lot, and I was like, "Gosh, you know, I, I hate sitting at home. Uh, not I, I have to stay busy. I'm one of those kind of people that loves to work." And I thought, "Gosh, I'm going to you know go from basketball season into like the spring and the summer, and that's kind of our downtime for college football. It's when you rest and recharge." And I, of course, like what you wish for, I've just been so busy um, ever since I thought that I've been doing softball. I did F1 down in Miami. I just got home uh, last night from NCAA men's lacrosse. Um, I'm going to cover the PLL this summer, uh, professional lacrosse um, over the summer. So yeah, not a downtime for me. I think I'm just going to go from lacrosse travels from the summer straight into college football, but you know, it's good. I mean, we get to cover so many great things and meet so many incredible people. That's how you would, you, you would want to have it.
1: No doubt. That's awesome. I'm, I'm curious about the F1 because... I know that is such a big deal internationally. And, you know, us Americans, sometimes we fall into our own little little boxes where we're like, okay, NFL and that's it in football. But what was the party? Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. So what was that experience like? It it was
2: awesome. Uh, I I don't know if you've seen Drive to Survive on Netflix or not. You know who has told me to watch it like seven times? Dallin Cup. He Cuff. is obsessed with it. Okay. You know what? That is bull because I was sitting next to him at the final four down in New Orleans. And I think it was halftime between Duke and Carolina. So like a, a pretty big moment, but yeah. I was like, Hey, have, have you seen drive to survive? And he's like, are you going to talk to me about F1 right now? And I was like, dude, you need to watch it. It's awesome. And I've just been trying to like get all these people in. Right. And he was like, it's not for me, but he loves international soccer. Yeah. And I was like, it would be right up your alley. I'm telling you, you would really enjoy it. Just give it a couple episodes and let me know what you think. And he was like, Katie, we're like in the biggest game of our lifetime. Can you please? And I was like, fine.
0: Now and then we I a text. Exactly.
2: Then I get a text from my XM folks because we have a, a pocket of people that are on a thread who love F1. And I see that Dallin Cuff has joined the chat. Oh, my and I was Like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. What has changed? And of course, if you guys know anything about the drivers, he's a Max Verstappen fan, which is so on par and on brand for Dallin. <laughs> but we've now brought Chris Vitoli into the fold, and we were all popping off because the the Spanish Grand Prix was uh, just yesterday. So we were talking about that. But I would like to say that I was the catalyst for bringing Dallin Cuff into the F one family, now we know. and so now <laughs> I will be the eighth person to tell you or eighth time to tell you. Please watch the show. Just give it a couple episodes and see what you think, because. You guys know this better than anybody. When you get access, it changes the way you view a sport. Yeah. It changes the way you view the athletes. Absolutely. And I think Netflix and F1, when they you know embarked upon this journey, however many years ago, four or five years ago, it was brilliant because Americans love seeing behind the scenes. They also love the unattainable. And this is an unattainable world, right? They're attractive. They're millionaires. They are driving the fastest cars in the world. It's so many things you can't wrap your head around all in one, and it's fascinating, and it draws you in. But then seeing the storylines and the rivalries between teams, but also like the competition between your teammate individually, I think is so unique that we're not accustomed to in the sports that we cover on a daily basis. So when COVID hit a couple of years ago, my husband started watching it, and he said, you've got to sit down, just give me two episodes. And I was like, what? I like, I knew what it was, you know, I've been to the Indy 500 and I watched it and I was hooked. And so we've been, I mean, for the last couple of years watching practices, qualifying. <laughs> oh, wow. We watch the races on Sunday because like, after I get off radio on Sunday morning, it's, it's on. And it's like such the perfect way because it's not competing against necessarily a football game or the right. NBA because it's so early in the morning because of the time change. Now, obviously it's different when it's it's here in, in our hemisphere and in our, our time zones, but I just think it's a really fun um, sport and it's so fascinating because it's different and unlike
1: anything that we cover on a day-to-day yeah. basis. That's well said. And look, apparently it's not even you to give credit to, it's your husband because- <laughs> He's the one that got you into it, that got Dallin into it. That is so funny that Dallin was pretending like he had been watching this the whole time. That's very Dallin. But let's move on. Um, okay, but speaking of that, congratulations, you recently got married. Um, how, like, very exciting. Your pictures were unreal. You basically got married, like, on a mountain. So congratulations. thank you. I appreciate it. it was uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: You know, they say like brides usually worry about rain on their wedding day. I was like, "Yeah, let's worry about a blizzard and see how it yeah. Goes. Um, but we got married <laughs> out in Colorado, which is where um, my my husband's family's from, and it was awesome. We skied for a couple of days, got married on the mountainside, and then skied for a couple more days, and um, it's been it's been fun we We say hi and bye here at the house and uh, we just go our separate ways because he plays soccer. Um, so as you guys know it, the busy travel um, makes it more difficult, but as they say, it makes the heart grow fonder.
0: That's yes. right. I was about to hit you with it. I was about to hit you with it. Come on. Well, well let's let's dive into the, uh, the early stages here of Katie George. We're going to kind of go through your life here. I, I want to start with Louisville and, and being uh, a stud volleyball player. How did you end up? At U of L, how did you end up there and wanting to play for the Cards?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I grew up a Louisville fan. My dad was a huge fan um, all of his life. He had gone, you know, to multiple national championships in the '80s when the team made it to the Final Four. So it was kind of instilled in us at an early age that we were Cards fans. Um, and I grew up going to you know various games, whether that was men's basketball, football, women's basketball, volleyball. They had a great volleyball team at that time. Um, and I kind of got you know just hooked in the game. I played a bunch of different sports uh, as I'm sure you guys did, um, growing up, but when I, when I found volleyball kind of on a whim for my school team, it just made sense to me. And I, and I love being able to dictate and be a part of every single play and, and get to have a say in what happens. You know, I, I grew up playing softball and I absolutely loved it as a pitcher. And then I couldn't bring the heat, um, at a certain point. And so they moved me to the outfield and I loved center field because I was somewhat fast, but you're not you're not actually impacting the game every single play, and I have kind of like that type A personality where I wanted that, and volleyball gave me that at the setter position, and so I fell in love with it, and and just you know channeled all my energy into trying to be the best that I could be. Louisville did not recruit me uh, in high school; they were coached by Lennon Yellen, who's currently the Syracuse head coach. Uh, he's Russian and a phenomenal, phenomenal coach, but he does not appreciate or value. Uh, what he says, fire, passion. He likes his players to be more stoic, um, emotionally in control. Um, he doesn't like all that raw, raw. So I was what he said a firecracker, and so he did not recruit me. And, and fine and good, but I was recruited huh. by I, I was recruited by a couple of different um, schools, and I ended up committing to St. Louis, um, where my who became my Louisville head coach. Um, and Cordes was currently coaching at St. Louis, and I committed to her to play in the A-10. It's funny, like, I think back to my recruiting, and everybody I talked to, you know, kept saying I was too small, too small to play in the Big Ten, too small to do this. And, you know, in hindsight, maybe I should have looked at Michigan State a little bit more because I don't think, like, it's so funny when you're, like, 16 and you're trying to figure it out. What you know after the fact is like, why didn't you go play in the Big Ten? You know what I mean? That's the best (laughs) conference. Now, obviously, things are changing, and and that's great for the ACC. The ACC has made incredible strides, and I hope I was somewhat a part of that. But it worked out for me, committed to St. Louis. She ended up getting the Louisville head coaching job my senior year, and I just transferred my commitment. And I never really thought about staying home. You know, I was one of these kids that was like, oh, I need to get away and spread my wings and – I'm so glad I stayed at home because my my family and friends having them at all of my games meant the world to me and and i'm I am somewhat of a homebody and uh, it, it ended up working out really well that I went to Louisville and, and got to play there for my my hometown team
0: how about that what well, what a story yeah. I mean obviously a very successful career i mean the, and the things you're able to do is is there a moment is there a a game, an opportunity, a, a situation where you're like, okay, that, that's, that's my favorite one. That, that's the one that stands out the most when you think back of your time.
2: Yeah. You know, I think there's probably two, um, you know, when I was a freshman and I mentioned my size, you know, when Ann allowed me to switch my commitment, she told me, you know, you probably won't play here in the big East. You're probably too small, mm-hmm. but I want you to be a culture kid and I want you to help change the culture here at Louisville. And, I, you know, as I'm sitting in that meeting, I'm like, I am big enough. To, like, I, I, I know I don't jump high. I mean, I barely jump over a phone book. And I thank my dad for my lack of hops. But, like, I, I can play. Just give me a chance. And so, uh, you know, we went through preseason my freshman year. And fourth game of the season, we're playing Kentucky. You know, we went through the first tournament, a non-conference tournament, three games. And I'm, like, you know, looking down, like, come on, give me my try. I, I can do this. Like, you need me. You need me. Like looking at me, I'm, kind
1: of like, I'm here, I'm ready. Uh, like being such a gnat that you just like want to swap Oh, away. look, we've all been, yeah. I've been there. Trust me. I
2: get it. When we were yeah. playing Kentucky, our rival, um, the fourth game of the season and we were down, uh, I think we had lost the first game. We were losing the second set and she waved me down and I got to go in and, um, I just remember totally turning, helping, the team turned things around and we, we ended up winning in four and it was awesome. It was rocking. It was so much fun. And from that, that moment on, then I got to be the starter. And um, that was a pivotal moment. And then I think to my senior year, you know, we were journeymen. I was in the big East, the American conference for that holding year. And then we moved into Mm -hmm. the ACC, my junior and senior year. And moving into the ACC was, was tricky. We missed the tournament for the first time in a long time, my junior year when that was really difficult, just because, the competition's significantly better. Um, you know, when you get to the power five conferences and my senior year, we really started getting rolling. And, um, I remember we, we were on the cusp of winning the ACC. We had to beat Florida state at Florida state and Florida state had been a power Mm -hmm. for for quite some time. Yeah. And we went five with Florida state. It's the only game my parents didn't travel to my senior year. And, um, and I remember after the game, standing there waiting for media, you know, when there was like one person with like a reporter <laughs> at that point, um, I was standing there by my coach and she said, um, I never thought we were going to lose because Katie George was going to will us to win. Wow. Just That's win
1: awesome. Us. Wow.
2: And that, that to me, I was like, great, we've, we've come full circle. You didn't think I was big enough to yeah. win the Big East and now you are appreciative of my will to
1: win in the ACC. So I appreciated that. Katie, I'm fascinated by this because, look, you were the, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm getting this from the interwebs, the 2015 ACC Player, Setter, and Scholar Athlete of the Year. Yes. Is that right? That is right, yes. And your coach thought you weren't big enough to play in the biggies? This is one of the greatest stories I've ever heard. This is unbelievable. How could, and I'm not trying to, to uh, you know, criticize your coach, that's great, but how did that happen, Katie? Because that's crazy to me. And that's so impressive. Well, I, I think it's what we see
2: every day. And thank you. I appreciate it. It's, you see athleticism, you see height, you see speed, you see yeah. big hands if we're talking football and you get so focused on those tangibles, right? That mm-hmm. you lose sight as a coach, you lose sight as a recruiter of the intangibles. What about the kid that just loves the game? What about the kid who's just got a high IQ that's not going to make mistakes? She might not be able to jump and touch 10 feet and be a great blocker, which I wasn't. Broke both thumbs because I was so little and people were just hitting down at me. Like (laughs) I was a liability always in the front row, but I always wanted to prove you're better with me on the court even if I'm a liability than with me on the bench. Mm. And I just think that sometimes we lose sight of, of the kids that have a lot of heart and a lot of desire and they have that will to win and so what if, you know, they're a little bit slower? So what if, you know, they can't touch as high? You know, they, they still have value and can still affect and impact the game in, in, a, in a positive way. And they can make people around them better. And I think that, you know, we all had that um, ability in our playing careers is making those next to us and around us better players and, and capitalizing on that.
0: Well, you, you know, I think it's so interesting exactly what you just point out because in, in a world where we want to measure everything, we we want to measure all the the speed, the explosiveness, the the jumping ability, but you can't measure right there. There's just nothing yet right. where we can we can determine okay when the stuff gets stu- uh, hard or difficult. We don't have we don't know what this person is going to do until it happens, and that's exactly exactly what your career was full of, and, and why you were able to be so successful.
2: Yeah, I miss it. Gosh, I just. I don't know about you guys, but I miss having the built in friends of the locker room and I just miss competing every single day, no matter what we compete in our lives now. But it's different. Right. In our jobs currently. But I just I just miss going into the gym, going into the arena and competing uh, with such a fierceness. Um, There's nothing quite like, you know, college
1: sports. Totally agree. When people ask me, what do you miss the most? I think it's, it's the competition and we get some of that in sports media. I mean, you know that you have a job that others want, so you got to stay on your game and, and, you know, continue to get better. But that's what, let's ask you about this, Katie, because you finished playing volleyball again, ACC player of the year. Amazing. And you're thinking what's next, right? So did you always think, I want to go into sports media? How did that come to be? Yeah, I think I was naive because it's the only thing I ever wanted to do. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Congratulations.
2: Here we are. <laughs> Had it not gone well, I don't know what I would be doing. And so I didn't really have a backup plan or, or, or a thought of what else am I passionate about. But I knew sports related, of course. I think I was 13 when I kind of said, I, that would be awesome. I would like to do that. Um, you know, I have two older brothers and we, always were watching sports center and ESPN, like they dominated yep. the remote. I never got it. And so I was like, okay, sports it is. Um, and, and that's when I kind of became uh, fascinated by the profession and being on television. And so that was always in my mind. And when I got to Louisville, the athletic department was very, very helpful in terms of, okay, what can we do for you? Like, how can we help? And, you know, my coach at the time and who, um, might not have seen, you know, my potential on the court to its fullest. She definitely saw my potential from um, a career standpoint in sports media. And so she got me in contact with a bunch of people. She was she was pivotal mm-hmm. um, in, in helping me make connections in the media world here in Louisville and outside of it. And so I sat down with the news director at um, WLKY, which is a CBS affiliate here in Louisville. She played volleyball at Notre Dame. Her and Anne had played together. And so oh, wow. I, I just took her to coffee, just kind of learn about the industry. And from there, she gave me an internship. And so I interned every spring with WLKY in the sports department. And it was unbelievable because at Louisville, unfortunately, there's not a broadcasting degree. There's not a journalism-specific degree. There's just communications. And it's it's pretty broad. And so I was in in that. And I learned some things. But gosh, the -the on-the-job skills that I learned from doing an internship throughout college was instrumental. And also... A reality check because people think that being in television is right. a super glamorous job when you're on TV for two minutes when they didn't see the <laughs> 10 hours where you're like slaving away and, you know, carrying backpacks and tripods and, and camera bags and laptops and, you know, gutting it out. And it was a character builder for sure. Um, and so when I graduated, um, from Louisville, Luckily, LKY had offered me a job, um, but WDRB, the Fox affiliate, also offered me a job. Mm, um, and a so that, more. that was my, my first kind of big decision that I had yeah. to make of what do I do? You know, WKY gave me my start and I certainly want to show loyalty to them. But WDRB has laid out what I think is a better plan for me uh, for my career to start and so I made the switch to go to WDRB, and that was really difficult. And I, I worked in local news for two and a half years with the best sports team ever. I, I love those guys. Um, and I learned so many skills. You know, I know how to operate a camera. I know how to edit my own pieces together. I can anchor in a studio. I can do reports and live shots by myself at a football field. Uh, you just you gain so many invaluable skills. And I think, like, now there's so many outlets, right, digitally, linearly, that – You know, kids get out of school and they're like, oh, I don't want to go to local news because, you know, there's a stigma around it. It's hard work. But I think if you go to local news, it's a great foundation for where you want to go from there.
0: I I love that. And and I love uh, specifically what you said about the, you know, you had this internship and and school is great, right? I think there's this fine line of we can only learn and read about so much. Eventually, you have to go and do it. Like you have to get out there. Matt, weren't
1: you... Weren't you a biology major? I
0: was a health science major, so i, you I if you would ask me this question, did you want to grow up in sports media? No, I didn't. I did I, had, I wanted to be a doctor. Um, and, and so uh, for me, Katie, I, I think that's so cool and and it should be encouraging to people that just get out there, just go, go to work and figure it out. and, and like you said, the, the stigma that is local news, I mean that people are always watching, no matter what, no matter what yeah. the level is, and I, and I thought that was really cool.
2: Well, it's also baptism by fire, too, because every single day you're out there doing a different story. You're doing a different live shot. And so, yes, you might make mistakes. And I think I was pretty terrible starting out, you know, on camera. And then you slowly get I doubt it. I, like, doubt it. Yeah, scared, I doubt it. Right? Yeah, I doubt it. And you're, you're not having fun. And it's like reminding yourself, sports are fun. Like people watch this segment because they want to get away from the reality of what is the news.
1: Sure.
2: And so I think you kind of find your personality through getting so many reps. It's just like sports. You get so many reps every single day in local news, which is awesome. Then when I went to the Milwaukee Bucks, I got so many reps because there's 82 games. I remember talking to my play-by-play and being like, oh, I don't feel like I did well tonight. Like, I messed that up. Like uh." He was like, you know what? We've got a back-to-back, and you get to go do it tomorrow. Get better <laughs> tomorrow, and I was like, "So true. You get so many reps, which is great."
0: That's that's awesome, and that's a great way to look at it, especially with the. It's just it's having that amnesia. It's like being a quarterback. You just got to go next play, next play, next day, next game, whatever it is. Uh, so you, you gave us a little insight to the Milwaukee Bucks there, and then ESPN comes calling. What what was the call like? What is that story like? That getting you know to the moment of of where you are now?
2: Do you guys you know Patrick Donaher at ESPN, right?
0: Yes. Great guy. Great guy.
2: He hates that I tell the story. Um,
0: I'm so so excited for this right now. I cannot wait. I
2: I was with Milwaukee. um, It was January or February maybe. So I hadn't been there long. We were in the middle of the season. I loved it. It was my first season. I had signed on for three years with Milwaukee. So I I thought I was going to be up there for for the long haul and possibly more because these people quickly became my family. It was the first time I'd ever moved away from Louisville. So that was quite the transition as well. Um, And also learning what winter is was quite a (laughs) transition.
1: Oh, I was thinking about that when you were talking about Milwaukee, but I I didn't know if you were going to say, I love the winter. Just Just
2: so you know, like how naive we were when I got the call about the Bucks and that whole experience trying to get up there for the interview was a debacle. I luckily do it. I thought there's no way in hell I get this job. (laughs) A week later, they call me and they offer it to me. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like what's just happened? You know, you like freak out because you're comfortable in what you know. which I was comfortable in local news at that point. But it's like if you need to further your career or further yourself, you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I truly believe that. And we were sitting at dinner kind of celebrating that I got a, a job offer. And my mom was like, oh, my gosh, like you're going to be in the same city with Gorgie Zhang. Gorgie who played at Louisville when I was there. And I was like, Gorgie plays for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And she was like, exactly. (laughs) And I was like, no. And she was like, I'm going to Wisconsin. And she's, and like, so then we like had to pull out a map. All of my, like my brothers, my, my parents, we were like, where is it? Like, where are you going? (laughs)
1: There
2: was, there was a geography lesson. And that's sad because we also are technically in the Midwest as well. But anyways, um, I was working for Milwaukee. I absolutely loved it. It was so fascinating covering the NBA. I would never been to an NBA game. Uh, my first game was the first one I worked. Wow. And oh, wow. it was really cool to see and kind of get embedded in the league and just all the superstar flair that it has and, and seeing them go to work every single day. Because, you know, I had kind of a stigma about the NBA. Oh, they don't play defense. You know, that was kind of because I love the college game, only seeing college yeah, yeah. Um, here in Louisville. And then I saw hours and hours and hours of practices and shoot-arounds and games, and I was just like, gosh, these guys are the – best athletes in the world. Yeah. Right. Um, so we were in Detroit and I was coming out of shoot around to get on the team bus. And I, I had an alert on Instagram that said, um, you know, message requests. You know, you if you follow the people, you get like the normal like messages. But then if like that you don't follow them, then it goes to your request. I never check my requests. I don't know, Kelly, if you do, Eric. I don't know if it's creepy. It's really not. not
1: smart. There can be some weird ones in I there. don't so even. So this is even funnier. Listen,
0: I don't do they're notifications, like, so I don't, I don't see any of them. I don't see not. any of
1: them. There is money to be made in the request. if you're willing <laughs> to
2: send feet pics. I'm just saying, but ah, that's not really my I, shtick. The so, feet pics.
0: Um, Nobody hey, unless, Hold on. Nobody wants to see oh, no. these size 15s, okay? Maybe that was just to Kelly. Nobody Again, wants Max, these. this is
1: not really applying to you, this <laughs> specific
2: I, I conversation. I I, <laughs> I I had to get rid of my toe ring, you guys, because some, some <gasps> Instagram follower just kept mentioning my toe no, ring. And no. I was like, you know what? I'm done.
1: I'm getting rid of it. Mm, we could do a whole other episode on what women deal with in sports media, but... It would be fascinating. Anyway, it would, it would be, be fascinating. It would get weird, but it would be entertaining,
2: to say the least. Anyways, I'm sorry. Long story short, I've, I've gone a roundabout way. I have a message request on Instagram that says, hey, Katie, Patrick Donahair from ESPN would love to connect. Please email me. And, like, sends his email. And it says, you know, patch whatever, 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 at yeah. ESPN.com. So I'm like, am I getting catfished? <laughs> Man. like, so, I go, I go to his, like, I go to his page or his feed, and like, there's like three pictures, right? And, like,
0: and they're, and Katie, they're all like nose yeah, they off are, they of are. his eyes.
2: They're so bad. And yeah. so I, I screenshotted it and I sent it to my agent and I said, "You ever heard of this guy? Like, is this guy real?" And he was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, you need to respond." And I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> so I did, and I remember standing in the hotel room talking to Patrick about you know, Hey, we would, um, we'd love to bring you up and, you know, we're launching the ACC network and we think you'd be a great fit. Like, would you be interested? And, you know, I told him straight up, you know, I just got here. I'm really happy. I love what, I love what I'm doing. I love these people. You know, I'm, I'm willing to hear more and I'd love to hear more. Cause I think it's awesome that you guys are launching a network specific to the conference that I know and love. Uh, but you know, I just don't know at this time. And he's like, well, why don't you come out and meet some people? Um, you know, when's the next time you guys are going to be in like the New York or Brooklyn area? And we were playing the Brooklyn Nets a couple weeks later. And so we went up there and we luckily had a couple days in between and we got an off day in the city for everybody to go out and do their own thing. So I hopped on the train and went out. I think I botched that interview. Um, Not the interview, the the sitting down parts are fine. It was the audition where they, they take you into like sports centers room or studio. And they're like, here, sit down and now do the news. And it's like, I haven't anchored in like, you know, a year. Right. Oh my God. What, you know? And so I was overwhelmed. Um, and I remember Patrick was kind of driving me back to the, the train station and he was like, how'd you think it went? And I was like, I don't think it went very well from an audition standpoint, but I loved everybody I met from obviously Aaron Katzman, Amy Rosenfeld. There were a couple other people that were up there interviewing as well. And, um, you know, I said, just let me know, uh, you know, what do you guys think? <laughs> And then of course I get a call we're, we're in the second round of the playoffs against the Celtics and I'm standing at shoot around and I get a call that says, um, we're, wow. we're going to offer you wow. the job if you'd like it. And, um, I remember just thinking like, Oh my gosh, I just got comfortable. I just found my friends. I just found my, I just found my favorite <laughs> place to eat. I, I finally got a hang of how to do this job. Like this is my first time being a sideline reporter in Milwaukee and, And then you know, I I weighed the pros and cons, like we all do, um, with my family and my friends, and and kind of just discussed, you know, what to do. And it kind of was a no brainer at that point of where I was with my career, um, because, as you guys know. You know, being within the ESPN family leads to other opportunities. Um, You know, our our sole focus was the ACC network and and is, and rightfully so, but they might use you for other things. Um, And and that's kind of happened for me over the last couple of years, and it's been great. And it gave me the versatility to do a bunch of different sports. I mean, we talked about at the beginning. Like, you're covering softball, F1, and lacrosse. Like, what? Why? Like, how did that happen? Um, You know, and, and I loved covering just, you know, the one NBA team and it certainly was easier in terms of storylines and, and being a expert in that. But, you know, I ultimately went to Peter Fagan who's the president at um, Milwaukee and he is the best guy. And I had, I don't know how you guys are about this kind of stuff, but like as fierce of a competitor as I was on the court, I like to my core, can't help feeling awful when sure. I feel like I'm disappointing Absolute. somebody. So like I was oh, up yeah. at night, I was throwing up. I was like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't talk to you <laughs> about this. How do I, even? I'm just going to go out and just vomit, I'm just going to word vomit and just tell him what happened. Yep. And you know, and like you feel guilty that you've gotten, you know, pursued by somebody else. So I made an appointment with his, his assistant who was a friend yeah. of mine to like come in and talk to him. And like, he walks in the office and our, our meetings not for like two hours. It's like 9 a.m. I, my meeting's at 11. He's like, stops in my cubicle. Why did you make an appointment? Get in here. What's going on? What, what's the problem? You made an appointment? You called Sarah? You called Sarah? And so I, I walked in and I, I've been offered another job. I'm so sorry. I don't, I'm so sorry. He was like, okay, calm down. What's happened? And so then we talked it through and he was like, idiot, it's a no brainer. And he said, of course, we'll allow wow. you to, to move on and we'll be sad, to but he was, he was extremely kind about it. And that's, that almost makes it harder, right? Because, you yeah. know, you're working for great people and a great organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that certainly is Milwaukee. So,
1: wow, that that's a crazy story. I, I know that feeling where you're like, oh, I have to go disappoint, yeah. you know, X, Y, or Z. It's the worst, exactly. it's the worst, but it's because you care so much. And that's a good thing too. Okay, so, Katie, again, I want, to, I want to clarify here. So you did you did your first season of Sideline in, like, 2018. And now you are one of the primetime Sideline reporters for college football on ESPN. How does that happen? Because she's like, good. That's, because that's she botched crazy. the interview. That's how. What is that even how. like to... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Obviously, that is a given that she's good. But that's pretty unbelievable. Do you... I, I'm sensing a theme here with this interview, Katie, that... You kind of like being doubted a little bit and then you generally just blow it, blow it out of the water. Well, I
2: think it comes from like my childhood. I, my brothers are five and four years older than me and they were ruthless when I was a kid. You're too small. You're you know too slow. You're not good enough. You can't play with us. And they, you know, we had backyard games, football, baseball, basketball, all the kids from the neighborhood would come over. They never let me play. You're a girl. Girls can't do that. Oh yeah. Oh you know, I yeah. Have that all the time. And, my brothers would go in for dinner and we'd eat. And then I'd ask my dad, can we go back in the backyard and can you, can you help me with my free throws? Can you help me with, you know, my batting? Can you help me throw the football? And me and my dad would get out there and we'd just work and work and work. And finally, you know, it got to a point where my brothers were picking me over their friends because I was <laughs> good enough. And, and I think that kind of just was like the, the laying of the foundation, right, of like mm-hmm. if you work at something and you care enough and you're invested and committed to it, you know, it'll happen, and I do believe things will happen as it should. Sometimes it doesn't happen as fast as I think it should. Um, but I, I, I just think that that's our competitive drive. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, my hope is always to continue to climb and better myself. Um, you know, but I've, I've gotten luckily, you know, some great opportunities. And I feel like, you know, I've hopefully capitalized and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm on the crew that I'm on or was this past season. Um, you know, it, some things have had to fall my way, and they have. Um, I've gotten a little bit lucky with with different things, but I think, you know, they don't turn to you and offer you an opportunity if they don't think you're ready. And, and I I hope that I've always shown that I'm ready to do the job. Um, but yeah, I think I think being doubted a little bit um, is is certainly I think the the main motivating factor. But also too, like I worry my my husband and I talk about this a lot. He's like, "Are you ever going to be satisfied?" You know, like, because you, you, you get to the next goal, right? Like the goal was, okay, I want to be on a big time, prime time crew, you know, because I think I can cover these massive games on the weekend. Okay. Well, you know, you've done that. And then it's like, okay, well now I want, and it's like, I want, 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 I need me. And it's like, is that a, is that a sustainable way of life? Is that a healthy way of life? And, and we talk about that. Like, and, and I, like, I laugh too. Cause I'm like, yeah, gosh, shouldn't you just be happy and live in the present and be be glad about where you are so there's there's that inner struggle that I I have where it's like are you going to be satisfied? Um, is it a good thing that you're not? Is it a crazy thing that you're not? So I I I don't know how you guys feel about it. Um, it. It's the rat race, right? Like I oh yeah. I hope that there comes a point, and I am happy. I love what I do. I love what I do. Um, but I, I I do find that I'm always thinking about what's next or or wanting more, and and I hope that you know that's not the case forever.
0: Well, well, I think, you know, just to to look at it that way, we're we're wired differently. We're athletes. We're always trying to get to the next thing. We're always trying to be better. And and I think that as long as it's not deterring, as long as it's not negatively affecting where you are, which I don't think it is, then it then it's healthy. But we're a little sick, like we always are. Trying to do something else, we always are trying to climb, and, and I think that's just how we're built. It's just different; it truly is. And you know, the, there's never going to be, you know, contentment. We're, we're never just going to be satisfied. We always want to keep going, and I, I think that's natural. So, you know, tell your husband, sorry that this is this is what's going to be happening. That this is who uh, I am. This is who we are, and I'm sure he's the same way. Playing, I mean, he he's an athlete too. He gets it, but it is something that. Man, we we strive for best, always. And, and guess what? When you get to the top of one ladder, it's just the bottom of another one. I mean, that's how I look at life. That's how I look at life. So, all right, KG. We've got two KGs here, not to be confusing. Um, we're we're going to get to some ACC football. But before we do, I just want to ask you, because you've done so many cool things, football specific here, and called a lot of great games, done some studio stuff with football. What What has been a few that stand out? I won't just center it down to one. But if you have one, that's great. What have been the coolest, I guess, moments where you're looking around, and you're like, "Man, this is it. We've we've done it. this is this is the top of one ladder."
2: Oh, I would think this. Just looking back to this past season uh, for for football in general, um, you know, I got to cover a bunch of different conferences, and and that was interesting for me to see how different conferences do things. Uh, I got to visit different stadiums. You know, that was kind of the luxury of being with the ACC network. And I, I, I love going to ACC schools. You get used to it, right? You get comfortable. Like I know where everything is in Chapel Hill. Now, you know, I love that familiarity. Um, But, but this past season, there wasn't that familiarity and it was learning, you know, new campuses and seeing new campuses and new stadiums. Um, You know, I think doing that Notre Dame Florida state game, although it wasn't um, the best game in terms of two contenders, Notre Dame obviously ended up being one and we, we thought they could be one. In um, Florida State is not or was not at that time. I think being on the sidelines and and finally having fans back in the stands and seeing the tomahawk like or the chop, um, that was kind of like a pinch me moment. Of we're the only game on TV tonight. This feels big. It feels like something crazy is going to happen, and it did. And um, that that was like the first test. It, it's not like it was like that was one moment. Like I've like oh you're at the top of the ladder. It was. Okay, you're close to the top of the ladder. Can you do it? Right. Can you do it? And 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 that's how I felt pre-game. Like this is a test for you, and let's see how it goes. And and I walked away from that game, although not understanding the John McKay quote from Brian Kelly about executing his teammates. Um, I walked away. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. That, that was about 20 years too soon for me, I think. Yes. Um, I was watching, and I was, was like, like, what? I know. I was like, did he just – wait, what did he – wait, hold on. What? He, and like, then you're like, you got to go on to the next question. But I was like, I think uh-huh. he just said he wanted to execute his teammates. Um, <laughs> that was a, a cool moment just from a standpoint of can you do it? And I walked away feeling like, okay, I think you can roll with with these two being Joe Tess and Greg McElroy. Um, but, you know, we, we, we covered a lot of um, – Great games last season, and it was just a really, really enjoyable season. And it was great to see can you elevate to their level because I, I think so much, you know, you guys know this from just playing on your your own teams. You want to be able to elevate to the best around you. And Joe Tess and Greg are, are two of the the you know greatest of what they do, but a, a great booth. And I wanted to see, am I good enough to roll with these guys for a season? You know, can I can I hang? And, and I felt like I did my part. No
0: question. Um, you are. They, were,
2: they were instrumental in, in helping me along and making me feel comfortable. And so funny, that first game Tess was like, and I don't know if you know Joe Tess or not, but he's intense, um, which I love because I think I'm intense, too. And he was like, OK, can I come to you whenever at any point of the game, like if you tell me something from the sidelines, can I hit you back? Like, how do you want this first game to go for you? And I was like, I would maybe (laughs) just prefer just for the first game. If you like hit Scott, our producer, be like, tell Scott that you're going to come back to me. So just like, give me a heads up. Like, I just don't want to be caught off guard. And he's like, okay, okay. You need to get comfortable. You, you don't feel comfortable yet. Okay. Got it. And I was like, No, I don't want him to think like I'm weak. Like, yes, I can do this. And like, but I was like, like, first game, like, let's just see how it goes. By like the second quarter, he's zipping me back. Like, he's not, he's not doing what I asked at all. And after the game, he was like, Oh no! Once I saw you were treading water and you weren't, you know, get above water, he was like, I knew you were fine. It's like a swan. It's
0: like a swan. You you see grace up top, and the feet are flowing. The feet are flowing.
1: That's (laughs) a A lot of chaos behind the scenes. That's funny. Always. Tess was like, yeah, uh, no, we're just going to do this. We're just going to do this. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> she's fine. He even hit talk back and he's like, she's fine. I'm going back to her. <laughs> a couple times.
2: She's good." And
1: you can hear. Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of football, by the way, I thought you were going to bring up that game because I remember you specifically on that game and thought you did great. And also that was a Monday or Sunday night. So, you know, you're the only one on it's gotta be a great feeling. Okay. Let's talk ACC football here. Let's do a little rapid fire. I'm going to ask you a question. Give me an answer, maybe a couple sentences. Why? Okay. Looking into 2022, into this coming season, the best quarterback in the ACC will be who? <laughs> it's
2: tough. This isn't. This isn't like a, this isn't rapid fire. Like you're. No, no, no. no. You can
1: think. You can uh, think. <laughs> you're
2: allowed to think. Okay, so a couple come to mind, right? Sam Hartman, just because of the experience, and he knows his offensive system so sure. well. Tyler Van Dyke obviously showed great flashes last year, and now he's got Mario with him. I'd maybe go Cade Klovnik, but I don't know if that's ah, going to happen. Look, hey, you know,
1: that's um, Mac and I wouldn't guys, mind hearing that.
2: You guys know that better uh, than I. Devin
0: Leary, NC State's going to be great.
2: Yeah. yeah, Devin Leary. Okay, yeah, yeah, Devin Leary. I just gave you kind of four
1: answers. You've you got to pick, pick one.
0: one. you got to pick one.
1: We won't hold you to this. I'm going to hold you, can you to this. Closer to the season. Don't listen to Mac. I'm going to go Devin Leary from NC State. Yeah. That's who I would go with, too. It's a great pick. I like it. It's a great pick. Mac may lean on TVD. Not, not in terms of the way that he
2: plays. He reminds me, though, in terms of his progress that he has made with every single year of Kenny Pickett. Yes. And obviously, what Kenny did. This- Mac has said that for like the last two months. <laughs> and that's, I think, what's so cool about what we do with the ACC network is you literally get to meet these guys as babies. You right. know, we mm-hmm. pick it was, I think, a sophomore. Maybe I don't know. With COVID yeah. year, I don't know how, how old any of these <laughs> guys are anymore. I'm like, yeah, I hear right. you. Like, what are we considering you? I don't know. Um, but you saw small incremental improvements from Kenny. You've seen that from Devin. Obviously, Devin's had the injuries, and and that's been obviously terrible. But but he's come back every single time stronger. And I, I feel like their paths have been similar in terms of their progress every single year. And he too, like what I mentioned with Sam you know, he knows his system inside and out. And you just benefit from that experience in your QB. Like Cade obviously has so many great qualities and skills. It's just, can he get up to speed quick enough? And you yep. also got somebody in front of him and, and that
1: competition weighs on you as well. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Best wide, the best wide receiver in the ACC in 2022 will be who? Oh God, Kelly. <laughs>
2: You might have to start naming some names. I mean, and this is this is kind of the problem. Okay, so you guys are on SiriusXM XM now. Congratulations. I Thank should have started. You. Like, Thank Thank you. Congratulations. They all last fall, they were like, okay, we need you for ACC today, ACC today. And I'm like, I've just done three SEC games. Like right. I don't, I, like I, oh, I look at the yeah, doors, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, I I'm not like really up to so like I'd be reading all of like the recaps and stuff. Okay, wide receivers. Um, got, what about here we go. You got Josh Flowers. Well, I would say Jordan Addison is a no-brainer. if I know. If he was I, know. Return, I know. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: He's gone. So you got you got Zay Josh Flowers Downs. You got I Zay lead. Flowers. You've got At Perry at Wake Forest. Yep. Those are kind of the three headliners. So Zay Flowers. I go Zay, and I, yeah,
2: I love Zay just from a personality standpoint too. He's thing. so enjoyable to talk about it's a good or path. talk to. Um. Yeah, and he's got Phil throwing it to him, so they obviously yeah. have a great. Connection. That's right.
0: Okay,
1: I would go with Zay. Uh, that? I like well, that. good.
0: No, that's a good pick. That's a good pick.
1: Who knows if Zay, If Zay, If Zay is the best wide receiver in the league, then maybe maybe we'll be talking more about Phil for best quarterback down the road. Look I don't out. know. Look TBD. TBD. <laughs> I said TBD. Maybe he likes being <laughs> doubted. The fact that he wasn't mentioned. Maybe he likes being doubted. It's yeah. True. Yeah. He's, he's probably so listening to this funny. right now and like writing it down and just you know getting mad. Okay. What about twenty twenty two? Best defense in the league, Katie, where, where are you, where are you leaning? Oh, Clemson. Yeah, I, think, I, it's mean, no I think it's gotta be. No yeah. hesitation. No hesitation. Well, we were on the, the
2: sidelines um, for the Clemson spring game for a half, uh, Eric.
0: Yikes. We for, big yikes.
2: <laughs> big yikes. Um, and it, it it was not fair. It was grown men playing against these two offenses. And they were like filtering everybody in and out so that you, you had a bunch of different scenarios. But I remember Davo saying, okay, yeah, we're not going to play like some of our starters. Like, X, you're done. And it was like, thank God, because he wasn't letting anybody do anything. I mean, the amount of time that they were in the backfield, I was like, are we going to see an offensive play today? Because we've seen about 37 punts.
0: Right, right. It was bad. And I'm right there with you. I mean, so much experience, so much star power. I mean, I think NC State and Pitt could challenge them, uh, but Clemson just has so much. They just have so much. All right, these are going to be a little bit easier for you um because this is just teams in general uh so first up who is going to win coastal chaos
2: we're on the cusp of getting rid of coastal chaos i I can't wait we still even have division
0: we will this year next year i hope not Mm. you buying the hype train miami can Pitt defend
2: no i don't think Pitt's gonna defend (sighs) i feel like that's that's saying a lot if i go with miami I do think Tyler Van Dyke is very very good. I don't know about his modeling pics with his new um, clothing line. I appreciate that he's in the photos. He's great football player, not necessarily the best model, um, <laughs> so that knocks him down. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, I'll go Miami. I, I do. Think it's I, th- a safe bet. I mean, what a statement that would be, though. And and I feel like maybe there is added pressure for Mario to be like, okay, you've come in, you have brought this incredible staff, right? we are aligned in what we want to do here now in Miami in our athletic department. Okay. Now you need to go do it. Right. Um, mm-hmm. we have a quarterback that has been tested and has proven that he can do it. So I'll go Miami, but there is pressure, I think for them to be one of the better teams, um, in the coastal. Yeah. No, I don't Gosh, think I yeah. if they don't have a great, I always
1: <laughs> fear with Miami, Miami, you can find reasons to pick them every year. And then it's like, Oh, <laughs> but this year's different. I mean, with their commitment that they've made, hiring Mario Cristobal himself and that they're going to the fact that they're going to run the ball more and be more disciplined and they have TVD I think that's where I have to lean Mac I mean just block
0: though (laughs) it's it's (laughs) easy right it's easy isn't
1: it easy tackle it's easy just I mean they got booed tackle someone (laughs) tackle someone that's not
2: on your own (laughs) team
0: it's always good I don't know
2: I'm not gonna say it's easy because I've never done it Mac but like I just feel like you know we like serving subs, right? Yeah. Your sole job is to come in and serve the ball into the court, and then play a little defense. Your sole job, yeah. to some degree, is to tackle the man in space. And I know that's difficult because these guys are incredible athletes, but. Just wrap him up. I'm with, and bring him back. I'm with
0: you. It was embarrassing those first couple of years, first couple of games there uh, last year. So, yeah. all right, let's go to the Atlantic. This one might be a little more difficult. You've got the defending champs, Wake Forest, got everybody back pretty much. You've got Clemson. Are they going to be back to who Clemson is? And then NC State. A lot of people are saying maybe dark horse for a college football playoff. So you've got you've got mm. an interesting. I think those are the three. There might be someone else you want to go off the beaten path. Go ahead. Say, oh, lo- Say, Louisville. Say Louisville. I don't Say Louisville Say
2: Louisville Mention Louisville Say Louisville That's weird that you wouldn't even think to put them in your top three. But okay, <laughs> um, I can buy into the I can buy into NC State. I, I, people, it's so funny when I talk to people. They're like, "What's Dave Dorn like?" And I'm like, "I love Dave Dorn. <laughs> I do too. Like he's matter of fact. He's to the point. He's efficient with his time. There's no like." extra car salesman kind of bullshit with it. I don't know if you can cuss on this podcast. I'm sorry. And he's very efficient with what he says. And I appreciate that. He shoots you straight. And I think that his team and his players appreciate that as well, right? Right. Like what you see is what you get. They're a hard-nosed blue-collar team. And I love that about them. And I feel like, too, like we want to talk about progress. They've shown consistency. The the first year maybe the ACC Network launched – Was that the year they had like 34? So many injuries. Yeah. So many injuries. We had them like three weeks in a row and it was like, Oh God, Dave, I'm so sorry. You have to like call us this again. Like we understand everybody's hurt. We get it. Like we're sorry. We hope for better fortune moving forward. And they've gotten that outside of Devin going down the following year. But, um, I, I love the progress that we've seen from them and just the, the overall consistency, um, 10 win season coming off of that, that gives you the ultimate confidence. So, but, Again, for the sport in terms of just college football in general, you got to hope that Clemson uh, is back. I mean, again, we, we talk about your all's alma mater like, oh my God, what a terrible season. It's like they still won. Didn't they win 10 games? They did. I mean, they they did. Games.
0: 11 so, straight seasons of winning 10 games.
2: Just, isn't that crazy? The expectation, though, that has been set from your time and over the last yeah. few years of you know, 10 wins is considered a laughable season. Right. You're not you know, playing in January. Um, so I hope for Clemson's sake and obviously for college football's sake that, um, we see a great quarterback battle and we see, you know, Clemson back at the top, um, you're know, wearing for some dominance. I,
0: okay. So you, you didn't really pick somebody you have to, cause the next question is, depends on it. Which one are you going with Clemson or NC state?
2: <laughs> this is my crystal ball.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: I'll go with NC State.
0: Okay, the Wolfpack. All right, so in the championship, not drop
2: a stupid one. <laughs> that's what's going to make me mad.
0: Yeah, that, they that's,
2: drop us. Oh, that's the that, that's the concern. That's, what... that's the concern with NC mm. State, right? Mm. Like they're always geared up for the big ones. Right. No problem right. there. Yeah, right. But then yeah. it's like the, the one that they overlook or yeah. think like, oh, it's, it's a done deal, and then that's oh, that's always so frustrating. Right. To
0: me. But that that's the next step that you have to take as a team is you have to right. approach everyone the same. And I think because of. Quarterback play, number one. Like, Devin hopefully won't allow that to happen. But then, two, just the experience that they have, it, it's it's going to be tough, I think, for, for those games to kind of happen in the past. But you never know. NC State does silly things sometimes. All right, so we have the U. We have the Pack playing in Charlotte, December, whatever, 5th, 6th, 4th. Uh, who comes out on top? And who's going, I'm going to assume, to a college football playoff after winning the ACC? All
2: right, so let me – okay, hold on. I'll, I will pick. But let me ask you this. If it's NC State or Miami, would you? Ha- they have to be close to undefeated. Is that enough for the college yeah. football committee to put them in?
0: If my, if, it's if, not, if, listen, if, if Miami beats course, Texas A and M at Texas A and M is undefeated, well, yeah. they'll be top five in the country to oh, from that is jump such street. A cold yeah.
1: But one loss, I see what you're saying. I mean, one a one loss ACC That'll champ, be a,
0: one loss ACC champion. At that least they
1: were the in the past, for Wake, up until Wake lost to Clemson yeah. last
2: year, right? Yeah. Like we were yeah. having this conversation. The they're, past- they're, they're they're rolling. They're putting up great numbers. Yeah. They're undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they if they you know win the ACC title, they're in. But at that point, I mean, they were still ranked 12th, right? Maybe 11th or 10th in in the rankings at that point. Now they obviously lost to Clemson and. and those conversations died down.
0: Yeah. Oh well I think that's the stigma of Wake too. Like it's 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 Wake Forest. True. Come on, we're not gonna we're not gonna help well, them out. Max, I, I think that was so the so stigma weird. of it. But you're talking I about do. NC so State. Yeah in, NC Let's be
1: real though. Wake's non conference schedule was Yeah yeah, yeah. Was no a trash for sure. Sandwich. But I mean if that's Wake would have been
0: one loss ACC champion, they'd be in. I don't think there's any hesitation for me.
1: I don't know about what that non conference schedule I don't
0: schedule think anybody met. cares. I don't
1: think they care. I'm gonna go with I NC I think they do. That's why Okay, NC State. Okay, yeah. I want it to be like a welcome to the league yeah. kind of thing.
0: Yeah,
2: Mr. Crystal.
0: I like that. Mm. I like that. Come on. All right, we're well, here to hear first. I will be bringing this up. It's May, uh, late May. I'll be bringing this up in August. Kelly and uh, you know Katie are in agreement that NC State going to be in the playoff. So we'll talk about it.
2: Okay, hold on. on the trash sandwich game. Um, Have yeah. me back on so that. That's you- right. Yeah, That's we'll have right. Katie on like right. I told Katie, you. Katie, okay? thank
0: it's you for your time. Concern. This was so much oh, fun. Really appreciate you.
2: Thank you guys so much. The show's great. I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: again to Katie George for joining us. What an awesome conversation and specific. I mean, I loved hearing about her rise in sports media and sideline reporting and all that. But I think what really struck me was the fact that she was so under-recruited and even her coach, who it sounds like she has a great relationship with, her coach was like, you're not really going to play here. And you can just tell that Katie George is such a determined individual and she is ruthlessly competitive that, you know, drove her for all those years at Louisville. And the fact that she went from under-recruited, you're not going to play, to the ACC Player of the Year in 2015 is unreal. That should be an inspirational story to everyone. And I just feel like that's how she lives her life. She, she likes being doubted, and she likes proving people wrong.
0: She, she thrives in that environment, which that's what, that's what the great ones do. I mean, any time that you know, people tell you you can't, I'm going to prove you that I can and uh, she's blown through it. All of those stigmas, all of those things with volleyball. Uh, I mean, three time all you know conference type of performer, and then to you know a massive cherry on top uh, to be the player of the year, like you said, it's truly incredible. And just to hear her journey, I mean, it was really fun to hear about the stops and the decisions that she had to make from a very young age and a, a very young professional age of do I stick with these these guys that give me a shot or? Do I go to somewhere that can help me progress quicker? And I mean, all all of us, I feel like, you know, folks our age and younger are going to have to deal with that all the time, KG. It's not like we're not staying with the same company for for 10, 20, 30 years, like, you know, maybe our parents and grandparents and some tough decisions are going to be made. So it was really cool to hear her story of how she got eventually, you know, to where she is, which, man, it's been an absolute superstar, you know, for ESPN and, and to see her grow and develop is, it's been really cool.
1: No doubt. Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, all that. She's going to be on a bunch of primetime broadcasts, I'm sure, this fall for football, and so I can't wait to see it. I want to peel back the curtain a second here, Mac, for the viewers and listeners. This has been a blooper-filled episode. Yes. When we started trying to record, my doorbell rang. <laughs> no one ever rings my doorbell. That was funny. And then in the second half, when we were trying to record the outro, Jordan Cornette. FaceTimed Mac and was not thrilled with one of the clips we posted about him where he was a little negative about Clipson. So and it was all in good fun. But this was just a, the behind-the-scenes bloopers on this episode were elite, Mac.
0: That they were They were big time. And, you know, maybe our producer, Richmond Weaver, who does an unbelievable job for us, maybe he'll bring those to light. If you guys haven't heard us a million times talk about him, go check out his podcast, Rich Take on Sports does an unbelievable job. And with us, we, we love you, Rich. Can't do it without you guys. That's it. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Our folks over on YouTube, our folks on Apple podcasts, and of course our family at SiriusXM channel 371. Uh, really appreciate y'all, but until next time, we'll see you.